It's certainly a pleasure to be able to join you this morning for different disorders regarding upcoming Chag Let me begin with a few insights regarding Sphira Soma and then to broaden out underscoring significance of what it is that we celebrate during Zman Matan Torah Beginning with the Dvar Tostas tells us of Manapas and Avsamat Love that we find the major machlokis between the Bahag and the view of the Baliya Tostas regarding the Fama. We know we find ourselves in Yemesphere. Each day there is a mitzvah fact to count the prescribed by the Fama. What happens if a person fails to count a given day? Are you allowed to go ahead to continue counting or are you not? So we're familiar with the two days that you have in the view of Tostas. Tosas quotes Allah's Fadalas that the person misses a single day, the mitzvah now has come to an end, one is no longer able to continue to count at all. And Tosas comments, the low you talk in club. How can it be? Simply because you missed a given day, why should that impact on the subsequent days and your continuing counting? We assume Allah can talk test that even if a person misses a day completely, he continues to go in and to count only subsequent night. But since Halakhus Kedalus writes, you do not do so, we refrain from reciting a bracha, subject bracha's lakhi. What exactly is this machlokis between Halakhus Kedalus and Abaliotosis? You miss a single day, can you continue counting or not? The classic explanation is as found in Primagodim and Tafti Tess is the following. How in fact do you understand the days of the owner? Should we view each and every night as an independent Islam? And therefore one day does not in any way encroach or impact on the coming night? Or should we argue that's not true? Perhaps there is more embracive encompassing mitzvah to bridge the gap between Pesach and Shulis, and therefore if that chain is broken, very simply, one can no longer continue to count. If this is really the view of Halakos Kedalos, it is one mitzvah to bridge this gap. And if you miss a given day, that's it, you can no longer continue to count at all. One in fact could raise the following issue. If it's really one mitzvah, why is it in fact that a bracha is recited each and every night? That's a question that Prima Gladim deals with. And in fact it means then the following. If a person would go ahead and miss a given night of Omer, it doesn't only impact negatively on the coming days, but really it affects all the previous days that you counted as well. It turns out that all those days that you counted, certainly your intention was right. You thought you would be able to go ahead and to complete each and every day, but if in fact it's one mitzvah made up of all of these individual component parts and each one is vital, it turns out that just as you can't count in the future, so too all those days that you counted were problematic as well. From Soleitchik, Sir Bonal Abraham understood that perhaps this is not the way to understand the halakos kedolos kabaliyakos. Maybe everyone agrees that each night is considered to be an individual mitzvah. And that's why very simply, a separate brach is recited and each and every time that you go ahead and count on it. Certainly we understand the view then of Tulsa's view. You miss one night, you can certainly continue to count the next and to do so with the Prophet What is the view of Halakos Kedalos that a miss you day, you can no longer continue and count? Perhaps Halakos Kedalos agrees as well that each night is an independent Islam. But the Rabbi explained that counting by definition is a halakha that you have a minion of sequence there must be a sequential order to the counting which one in fact is performing. If a person is called upon to count a given set of items and you count one, two, three, four, and all of a sudden you skip a particular number, that impacts on every subsequent item that in fact you will count. 
That's how the Rav understood Halachos Kedavos. In principle, each day is an independent mitzvah, but rather counting by its very essence must be consecutive, must be sequential. So therefore, if you miss a day, you can no longer continue to count the coming days. All the days that you count as sequentially, of course, one fulfills the mitzvah. However, we come the Havah from this point on, the order of the counting has been disrupted. Is there any indication that this in fact should be true? That even Halakos Kedolos maintains that in principle each mitzvah is independent, and the reason if you miss it that you no longer continue to count simply is because you've disturbed that sequence, the consecutive nature of the minion, the counting of the spirit, etc. You know that there is a further dispute between Halakos Kedolos and the Baliatosis. We know that we go ahead and count the Omer at night. That's basis that Mark tells us in the Post of God, Tzmimos We count at night, and as Tosis assumes, we try to count as early as we can in the night itself. What happens if a person fails to count the Omer at night? Do you have the option of counting during the day, or do you not? This is the view, Halakos Kedolos. Even if Losof or Belayla, you didn't count at night, nonetheless, Yisper Biyom, one is allowed to count during the day. And that also the Baliotos disagree. Counting can only be at night. There is no mitzvah to count Sphira during the day. How do we assume the halakha in these two issues? The way it's quoted in Tukhbeh Tess is the following. If a person missed the day completely of Dhamma, as you know, so in such a case you can only continue to count with a bracha. However, if a person didn't count at night, but he remembered to count during the day, doing so without a bracha, so in such a case, that allows them to continue counting the subsequent nights with the brach itself. How do we understand Absaq The classic presentation is the following. Well, look, according to the view of Halakos Gedolos, you miss a day entirely. You can continue and count according to Tosis with the brach as well. We're only concerned with the view that you have of Halakos Gedolos. But Halakos Gedolos himself maintains, if you don't count at night, you're allowed to count during the day. So therefore, it's as though we treat it as a space statement. That even if I missed a day entirely, Tosus writes, I can count with the bracha. And who says I missed? Because the Baha'i himself argues, if you don't count at night, you can still count during the day as well. That's what we assume of. Miss a day entirely, counting without a bracha. If you didn't count at night and you remember during the day, then you can continue picking up, counting with the bracha that coming in. The rubble is bothered by the following problem. This my focus that you have. Do you count during the day if you miss a night, or do you not? So Halakha says yes, Tosa says no, and how do we assume the Halakha? If you count during the day, you count, but without a bracha. Why don't you make a bracha? So the classic presentation is the following. Well, look, it's a suffix bracha. Tosa says you can't count. Halakha says you're allowed to count. So what do you do in that situation? Count, but suffix bracha sahakil don't make a bracha during the day itself. Is that really true? That counting during the day without a bracha is an accommodation, a compromise of these two views. According to Halakha's with a bracha, Tosas without a bracha, and as a pshara, the halakha, we assume count, but suffix brachos lato don't do so. The Rav pointed out the difficulty is the following. When you look in Tosas and Megillah, the Chochmah days, Tosas quotes the view of Halakha's Kedolos. You don't count at night, you count during the day. But there, Tosus writes explicitly, the halakos kedolos themselves maintain you only count during the day without a bracha. Our counting by yom is not a compromised view. 
Tosa says, don't count halachos close as count with the bracha. So we, we're counting both views. We count the stuffy brachos don't make the bracha. No, Tosus writes the halachos kedolos themselves maintain that you count during the day without a bracha. This requires some explanation. What type of view is this? Not a compromise, but the sheet of halachos kedolos that counting during the day does not require a bracha. If it's a mitzvah, count with the bracha. If it's not a mitzvah, <coughs> why bother counting the bracha? So here also Lechik explained the following idea. The halachos kedolos that is mentioned you miss a day, you can no longer continue to count. Why is that true? As the Rav explained, each day is considered to be an independent mitzvah. What is the problem then of failure to count a given day? That you disturb the sequence of the spheres only. Counting, minion, by definition, has to be sequential. The Chiddush of Halakos Tadalos is the problem. If a person will go ahead and count during the day, the truth is, he's not fulfilling the mitzvah of spheres only. Because there the Torah writes, and that is only at night, and only then can you recite a bracha. What is gained by counting during the day? That's the Kiddush of Halachos Benalos. Counting during the day, although it is not a fulfillment of the mitzvah, that is sufficient to preserve the sequence of counting to allow you to go in to count tonight with a bracha. And what is the Kiddush of Halachos Benalos? The preservation of the meaning of sequence does not necessarily require the full kiyom ha-mitzvah, spherosa And therefore that's exactly what Halakos Kedolos maintains. If in fact you didn't count at night, count during the day without a bracha to preserve the sequence of counting, and tonight you'll be able to pick up with the bracha itself. That was one of the proofs that the Rav rendered in order to go to understand why Halakos Kedolos writes count during the day without a bracha, exactly because of the understanding of why if you miss the day, you can no longer continue to count. And so the would often refer us to the old versions of the Sefer Achino, found in Mitzvah Shinho. It's also explicit in the Shibali Halekhet, the name of Abhaikon. A person can do the following. We don't assume this way la'alacha, but Abhaikon writes explicitly this. Let's assume, for example, I count the days of Roman. I miss day 15 completely. All of a sudden now it's day 16. Abhaikon writes, you can make a bracha on day 16, but your counting has to be somewhat different. You make a bracha of Asir Asomer, and now you say Es Mohaya Chamisha Asrayom, and Vayom Shisha Asrayom. You have to go ahead and state, yesterday was 15, Chamisha Asrayom, and today is night 16. That's the Kiddush of Rabbi If you miss the day entirely, you can still continue to count with the bracha as long as you acknowledge and you count that day in fact that was missed. We don't accept, we don't go that far. The view of Halakos Kedalos is not in agreement with Rav Haigon. Rav Haigon writes that even in the coming day, you can acknowledge yesterday that you failed to come. But that's the view of Halakos Kedalos, that the day has not yet passed. It is still the day of the 15th, even by Yom a person is able to go in the count without a bracha, and that will be able to preserve the sequence to pick up counting as well. There is an interesting Kiddush that the Nodavita discusses in Simen Chosayim. Let's assume Rachmanovitzman, a person, is an Onim during the time that you have a sphere zone. The Mishnah tells us at the very beginning of the Preparat of Rachmanovitzman that Misha Mesa Mutlapan. If a person, Rachmanovitzman, had lost a particular power from whom he's obligated to sit Shiva, so from that time until the Torah, he is exempt from Mitzvah Sasein. What is the basis of that exemption? Rashi writes, it's Osik the Mitzvah, Patim the Mitzvah. 
He's supposed to be involved in the Pura Sameis, and therefore he's exempt. And Tos is supposed to be with the Rishalmi that no, he shouldn't kavod Hameis. It's not fitting that a person should now be involved in other mitzvahs when right now he is supposed to completely develop himself and realize the obligation that you have of the Pura. So we assume like the view of Tosis. But if you have a case of Misha Mesa Mutlapala, it's not just an exemption, but a person is supposed to devote himself to the needs of a maze, and he should not fulfill, generally speaking, mitzvah sasein. How does this impact an individual during the time that you have a sphere? Imagine, for example, the Mises on Monday, and the crew will not be until a following day. And therefore, an entire day is missed between the Mises and the crew. So what does the person do when it comes to sphere shaman? If he counts, he is violating what Tosus says the Yerushalmi of fulfilling the mitzvah during the time of Aninus of Mishamesamutlapana. If he doesn't count, it disrupts the coming sequence that you have of the counting of the Omer. So perhaps one could argue simply of no choice. You let that day pass, and then all the subsequent days you go ahead and count without a brother. Here, Oslovetia pointed out the following option. A person who was in that stage should go ahead and count Omer, but count Bayon without a brother and not at night. Why is that true? Because the Sphere of Yom, according to this explanation, is not the key mitzvah of Sphere of The key mitzvah of Sphere of requires Tzmimos Tinyan. And that's why Halakos Kodobos maintains that only then you recite a bracha. What is the purpose of counting during the day, despite the fact that it is not the fulfillment of the mitzvah? Nonetheless, it functions to go in to preserve the meaning of Sphere. So here the Rav suggested that a person who is in the state of Aninus, there is no Iser for preservation that you have of a sequence of Sphira. The prohibition of Yushami writes is fulfillment of the mitzvah. So therefore, if the only will count during the day, therefore the mitzvah remains unfulfilled, but that allows him to pick up and to count subsequent nights in order to do so with the Rav. The Rav would argue that this also he thought was relevant when it comes to the very common bar mitzvah drushes that you hear at this time of the year, what does the Bakhtar bar mitzvah do after all, he's been counting perhaps up until now, but as a Qatar, who technically is not fully obligated in the mitzvah of Sfirasam. All of a sudden now he becomes a bar mitzvah, does he continue counting, does he not? The issue of the Mitzvah phrase is a mitzvah shinvav. Pirtiyosek already discusses earlier Aphronim, the deal with this very common shine. How does the Sfirasam impact on one who becomes bar mitzvah this particular time? And you find in Aphronim all different possibilities from the possibility that regardless of whether the child counted before his bar mitzvah, now he is a bar kiv on this day, he can continue to count with the bracha, even if he missed every single day up until now, to the opposite extreme, that even if he counted religiously each day as a katam, but nonetheless that doesn't fully register as a mitzvah sphira, and therefore he can no longer continue and count with the bracha after his bar mitzvah. The most accepted psakhalopha that we discussed discuss is and many others as well, is the following. As long as the child is counting prior to Ramitsa, the Katusa, he can continue to go into count with the Brahma after his Ramitsa. The question is why in fact is that so? So the Rav argued that that doesn't hinge on the nature of the Mitzvah of Pino. Whether Pino means a parental obligation or whether it means the child is obligated in the Mitzvah, but very simple. If the reason for Halakos Kedolans that if you miss a day, you cannot continue to count, is because there wasn't a proper sequence of counting. And you see from counting during the day, or the case of the One, that even a spirit which is not a full Kiyom HaMitzvah, 
is sufficient to preserve that halach of minyan, so that the Rav argued that can apply even to a katan as well. A katan, like an oni, like counting during the day, like that case of Rav Haigam, that you miss the day entirely, as long as the day in fact is counted, even if it's not the Yom <coughs> Mitzvah, that is sufficient to allow for that continuity that you have of Tzmimo Sinyana, of appropriately counting the Oma. This was a Kiddush that the Rav suggested to understand our Pesachalam. That the fact that if you count during the day without a bracha, you can pick up and count with the bracha that night, it's not a compromise sheet at all. But that is exactly the view of Malachos Tadolos. You can preserve the sequence, the meaning of counting, even if it was done by Yom, which is not in fact a Kiyamans. One of the purposes that you have of Sphere of is very clear. It links, as mentioned, the Yantat of Pesach with that of Shulz. There is a beautiful comment that the Ramban has in Parsha Semon that you know that Chazal specifically referred to Shavuos as being Atzeres. In some sense, the Ramban writes that means it's a conclusion. The Ramban asks very simply, in what sense is this true? We understand why Shmi Atzeres is termed in that fashion because after all, that's the conclusion of several days that you have of Yom. The same thing, no doubt, is true at the conclusion of Pesach. But why Shavuos, which is but a single day in HaTorah, why is that referred to as Atzeres? The Ramban writes, Chazal underscore the following, the need to link the Yom Tepesah with that of Shavuos. Not to view them as distinct Yom Tepesah, but to see it very simply as a continuing experience that culminates in the time of Shavuos itself. And that is why the term is always Atzeres. The Ramban even writes, Al-Kikalov, that the first days of Yantha for Pesach, the last days of Yantha for Shulis, and the Yamim have been time with Ramban writes, intermediate days, Harehim Kecholo Shamalim. It has a Kedusha comparable to Cholamalim. Fascinating comment. That these days of Sira is like the Cholamalim. Ramban Yosef, for example, in Yechavadas and Chelagalit and Simon Chavdalit, discusses the following. To what extent do we have a right to equate the days of Sira? with the three weeks that we experience during the summer. Shivasa Bittamas to Tishabah. Rabbi Yosef writes very simply, those days in the summer months, those are crushing days that you have of Avelis. The days of Sira, Midaraisa, those are days of great sin. It's true, no doubt, we have to commemorate the death of the Talmidim of Rabbi Kiva, as the Gemara tells us in Yavamas, and therefore there are elements that we have of balance but nonetheless, it's inappropriate to refer to these times as real days of Avelos. As the Ramban writes, it's a time that you have of a Kedush of Cholamoli. And therefore, even the Halakha, Rabbi Yosef writes, you can't assume that every Chumra that applies during the three weeks will necessarily apply during the time of the days of Spirit itself. This is the link that the Ramban creates. Pesach and Shavu should be a seamless yantid in order to underscore the link between these two yamintos. And that certainly is accomplished by the midst of Sphere Solomon. How is it that the Torah teaches us that Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim itself must culminate in Chag HaShavuot? That is through the obligation to count to bridge that gap between these two Yom and Torah. Why is that so crucial? Very simple. Because the Torah underscores that the real Cheirus that we experience during the time of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim is no means an end in and of itself, but rather an opportunity that we have toward Kabbalah Satan. And therefore, immediately, as Pesach is celebrated, we start counting toward that higher goal that we have, that sense of Kabbalah Satan. 
You know what's fascinating? If you look at the Rav Chumash, you'll never find a mitzvah of Simcha mentioned when it comes to Pesach. The Torah certainly acknowledges Simcha Shuas, certainly writes so explicitly when it comes to Sukkot, but there is no mention at all of the Samach and the Pagetha in the context of Pesach. The Halakh is certainly true. There's a mitzvah of Simcha when it comes to each moment. But why such a glaring omission? Why doesn't the Torah mention the obligation of Simcha and Pesach? And perhaps it's exactly for this reason. The Torah is underscoring the real Simcha that you express during Pesach is not Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in and of itself. That is not the moment that we have of Simcha. But rather, it is the culmination, the experience that you have of Kabbalah Sadov. When we're able to celebrate Chag HaShvaz, then the days of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim also become days that are replete with the sense that we have of Simcha. Because that's the Simcha that we experience of Eilach of Enkorin, Elamish Osek Batar. You know, there's even a fascinating issue that is shown in Reyes. Why isn't there a brach of Shepiyonim on Spirisom? Every mitzvah, the Gemara tells us in Sukkot Daphnevav, Asim is man, is man, beno tadira, infrequently fulfilled, you're obligated to recite a Shepiyonim. Why is that missing from Spirisom? Perhaps the most known answer is what the Balamor writes in the very end of the Sukkot, that the Gemara tells us you only recite Shepiyonim on a mitzvah that has associated with it simple. After all, that's what we express in Shepiyonim. How happy we are to be able to fulfill this particular mitzvah. Balamor writes, you can recite a Shepiyano on a mitzvah in Hatora. You can recite a Shepiyano on Kriyas Hamigil and Erkanaka on a mitzvah in But a mitzvah that should be a mitzvah in Hatora, which unfortunately because we don't have a Beis Hamikdash is only a mitzvah in That's a mitzvah sheish for Simcha. Balamor writes, Spiris Omer is a mitzvah sheish for Agnes Nefesh. It's a painful experience to come to he comes Vero with tears in your eyes acknowledging that this is not the full mitzvah daraisa. It's only considered to be, as the Gemara tells us in the Nachos, a zeichel How can you recite a shechiyonu on a zeichel This is fine if you assume that Spirit Summer is only mitzvah darabana. But many Roshonim disagree. The Rabbah assumes Spirit Summer is a din daraisa. Rabbi Yerukham assumes Spirit Summer of counting days of mitzvah daraisa in the why is no brach of Shefiyano? Various answers are offered by the Rishon. Rabbi Yerukham writes that you know why there's no Shefiyano? Because after all, we recite Shefiyano on Shavuos night. And the whole purpose that you have of spirit is to leave Pesach and Shavuos. The Shefiyano that we recite on Shavuos night covers the myths that you have of spirit. That's Rabbi Yerukham writes explicitly. Because the purpose of the spirit is to link the Yantaf of Pesach and that of Shuas, and therefore the Shefiyano what we recite then is what covers the spirit zone. In order to underscore the real Shefiyano, the Kimana, the Yadazmanhaze, is the experience that we have of Kabbalah Satan. What is it that is so unique about the moment of Kabbalah Satan? That why is it that that no doubt occupies such a time of On the one level, it's so obvious. That's the time that we became obligated in the midst of Hashem. That is the time that we experienced that type of Ashras Hashtina. And therefore, no doubt, Shavuos is man matan Torah was considered to be paramount among our young There is, however, another element which is very important to understand. From where is it that we derive our individual position? Let me start with the following. You know, the Torah tells us, 
We're obligated to go in to build a Mishkan and to build the Besamikdash. There is a major dispute that you have in Sefer Mitzvah and Mitzvah The Rambam and the Ramban, how do you count that in Minyan HaMitzvah? Do you count it as one Mitzvah? That's the Rambam Shita. Building a Besamikdash, building a Mishkan is a single Mitzvah. And the Ramban disagrees. Ramban discusses a little bit later in Mitzvah and Gimel, the myth that you have a big day kuna. That when the Kohen goes and does Avoda, he's obligated to wear the big day kuna. There the Ramban writes a striking observation. The Ramban tells us that you don't count each one of the clay hamikdash as a separate mitzvah. When the Torah tells us to go ahead and to make a shulchan and to make a menorah and to make a kior, those are not independent mitzvahs. And the Ramban writes, I don't count them in Sefer mitzvahs at all. Why not? Why is that a mitzvah of making a shulchan, of making a mizbeah, of making a menorah? The Ramban writes, that's not a mitzvah, but rather it is a hetsha mitzvah. It's a preparatory stage. What is the mitzvah? The mitzvah is to light the menorah. The mitzvah is to offer karbanas. The mitzvah is to have lechem hapan. The fact that you have to construct the particular vessel, the kli, in order to do so, that is not a mitzvah, the Ramban writes, but that is simply just a hetsha mitzvah, a necessary prior stage to fulfill the mitzvah. Rabban writes, I only count in many ha-mitzvahs, actual mitzvahs, not preparation, even though it is absolutely vital for the mitzvah. When you look then in the Rabban, you see a very striking exception. What about when the Torah tells us to also arm? We're obligated to go in and to construct an arm. That uniquely is the mitzvah that the Rabban counts. All other claim ha-mitzvahs, the Ramban writes, it's not a mitzvah. There's no mitzvah to make a menorah, shulchan, mizbeah. But there is a mitzvah to make an arm. Why exactly is that true? The Ramban explains very simply. There's something unique about the arm. Every other one of the clay hamikdash, if purpose is fully defined, if someone were to ask you, why do you have to have a mizbeah? The answer is very simply, a mitzvah of offering karbanas. Why do you have a shulchan? A mitzvah lechem hapanim. Why do you have an arm? The Aram uniquely is not defined in terms of any particular Avod. The Torah doesn't say construct an Aram in order to fulfill a particular Avod. No doubt, the Aram is crucial when it comes to Avodah Siyam HaKimpurim, but if the Aram wouldn't be there as the time of Ayyashani, the Avodah nonetheless would continue. Rabban writes, you see from there, the fact that the Aram is not defined in terms of any Avodah, that when the Torah tells us the Asul Aram, that is not simply a Hesha Mitzvah, not preparation at all, but that is considered to be a Mitzvah in and of itself. And therefore the Rabban counts the Asalara, and he doesn't count all of the Klehan. Begging the question, what then is the purpose of the Aram? If it's not for any particular Avod that we do, what is the role that the Aram plays in the Mitzvah? So Slavesha could always come into Psalms. The Aram is not for any particular Avod. But rather, the presence of the Aram in the Kaddish. It is the Aram with the Sefer Torah, with the Lukos, the Torah, Sashem, that is Mekaddish the Kedusha Samikdash. What gives it the status that you have of Tashmishi Kedusha? What gives it the status that you have of Mikdash Hashem? The fact that there's a Mizbeach there, the fact that there is a Shulchan, even if there wouldn't be a Mizbeach, there wouldn't be a Menorah, it still has the status that you have of Mikdash. What is vital in order to go ahead and to infuse a sense of Kedusha Samiknash? The answer is the presence that you have of the Arun. The Arun is the Mekanish. Rastavetra gave the following example 
This also from Chaim Velazhen writes in Nefesh The Gemara tells us in Megillah there are various degrees that you have of Kedushin. There's something which is called Tashmishe Mitzvah, something which is called Tashmishe Kedushin. Let's assume, for example, a person has a Lula for Tzitzis. That has a level of Kedushin. This is what we call Tashmishe Mitzvah. It's Kedushin in the sense that it becomes a vehicle of which to perform a Mitzvah. Let's assume Sukkis is over. There's no halakha that one is obligated to bury the Lula Mitzvah. We try not to dispose of it in a degrading way, the same is true when it comes to tzitzis, but nonetheless it doesn't have an inherent lasting condition. This is what we call tashmishenis. When it comes to mezuzah, when it comes to tzitzim, for example, why do they have tradition? Simply because there's a mitzvah of erecting a mezuzah, a mitzvah of dominant villain, that's why it has kedusha. Not much more. The Gemara tells us that's called tashmishenidusha. That has an inherent condition. And therefore, even if it's no longer used for the purpose of mitzvah, there's no halach of the Yisraqi, you dispose of it, but rather in Ignazin, you're obligated to bury it. What's the difference between a mezuzah, a tefillin, or for example, <coughs> ruler and sitzvah? The difference, the rabbi explains exactly that point. The ultimate source that we have of Kedusha is the Torah session. This is what Ramban tells us in his own introduction to his Pirsham Kodesh. Why is that true? Torah is called Shem Hashem. Shmosav Shemat it is the name of Akharish Varko himself. And therefore, anything that contains Sab Shal Torah, that has an inherent tradition. Rula doesn't contain Parshios or Sab Shal Torah. Sitzis doesn't contain Parshios of Torah. Sfilin Mezuzah, that has inherent tradition because it contains the Torah session. Not simply because it's a vehicle to perform its own, but that has inherent tradition. Based on English, that just has Mishim, it's not. The Torah tells us there's a mitzvah offering Rabban al-Siyah The Rambam tells us certainly that Beis Amikdash has inherent <coughs> Why is that true? That's what the Rambam argued because the purpose of the Mikdash is not just simply it's a place to gather for a Hodes Hashem of HaKrabas but rather the purpose is vastly Mikdash v'shachanti v'shachanti to house the Hashras Hashina and that is manifest in the Aron itself. The Aron is vital for Kedusha Samikdash. The Rabbana further explain the following. The Rabbana further goes out of his way to tell us that you should know that in the time of Bayashemi, and even Bismarazet, the Aram is still to be found in the Makkum HaMikdash. That's the Rabbana writes based on what the Gemara tells us. The Shlomalaf, when he built the first base Samikdash, knew it would come in time to be destroyed. And Shlomalaf built underground chambers in order to house the Aram during that time, and that is where it is found to this day. Fascinating observation for the Rambam. Does this have any input on halacha? That the Rambam tells us so explicitly that the Aram is found in Makkah Mikdash even this Manazeh. The Rambam explained exactly that thing. The presence of the Aram is vital in order to have a sense of proper and full kedushas Mikdash. And by Yisrael, we understand the Aram is present. What about by Yisraelim? What about the Tzmanazeh that the Rambam writes, you have a full Kedusha Samikdash? How can you have that Kedusha if the Aram is no longer there? That's what the Rambam emphasizes. The Aram is no longer in Kodesh HaKadoshim, nor was it there in the time of Bayashen. But yet the Aram is found in Makkah Hamikdash in order to infuse that sense of Kedusha. The Rambam one step further. The same condition when it comes to a Shul. What is the Kedusha that you have a Beisak Nesas? Is it just Hashvishim Yitzvah? We have a mitzvah, kriya, satora, mitzvah, kriya, mitzvah, So the structure simply serves as a vehicle 
to facilitate that mitzvah. That's the sheet of the Rambam. But the Rambam disagrees. The Rambam assumes that the Kedusha Beis Hamikdash is an inherent one, and that is also true of Beis Hakneses. That's what the Navi means, Vila Hamikdash Ma'at. In a sense that a Beis Hakneses is supposed to be a miniature replica that you have of Beis Hamikdash. In what sense is it a Mikdash Ma'at? Exactly as the Rav explained. The purpose that you have of the Mikdash Hashem is to house the Aram. The purpose of Beis Hakneses and the basis of its Kedusha is the fact that there is an Aram that houses Sefer Torah. The Rambam, when he discusses Nafos Tefillah, Kedusha Sefer the Rambam emphasizes the need for the Aram to be present. The Rambam often used to comment that if you have a room that you always daven, but it doesn't have an Aram for Sefer Torah, it doesn't have a Kedusha Sefer That Kedusha that you have of an inherent one, that stems from the presence that you have of the Torah session. This is true when it comes to Beis its source, Mishkan. It's true when it comes to many other areas, Tashmish Kedusha, Tashmish It's also true when it comes to Kedusha Yisrael. What is so unique about the Kedusha that we possess? That we have an opportunity to fulfill itself much more than that. The significance of that Gemara needed that moment, that before each person is born, the Malach infuses Torah into that child only to forget it upon birth. What's the significance? what the Gemara tells us. The purpose of Liman Torah is not just simply for cognitive awareness, so that a person should be able to amass a certain amount of knowledge. If that would be the case, so imagine, you're taught, and immediately you forget everything that you learned. The Torah is telling us very simply that part of the creation of each individual is that link that you have with the Torah session. Not for the purpose that you have simply of amassing the Diyasa Torah, but rather because it serves as the basis that you have of our condition. Torah itself is a Makadesh. If it can be Makadesh based on Mikdash, the Makadesh, Tashmish, Kedusha, Tfilin, Mezuzah, certainly it can render a sense that we have of Kedusha Yisrael as well. And no doubt, perhaps one could suggest that the mitzvah of Torah emanates from this point as well. When you have Tashmish, Kedusha, even if it no longer functions in performance of mitzvah, but one is obligated to ignore There's a mitzvah that you have of Purim. And so to a mitzvah the Raisa of Ben Yisrael. When a Mevesra person is nifter, there's a mitzvah that you have of Purim because there is a latent condition. In fact, it is preserved. This is what Shuas is supposed to represent. Not just simply an opportunity obligation in mitzvahs, but rather it's from that moment that we attain a Kedusha Yisrael. This is what the Gemara tells us in Priestess and that text. A person is not Jewish. They want to go and undergo Gaius. What is the formula of Gaius? So the Gemara says very simply in Christus, Kavtem Kabbalah Whatever B'nai Yisrael did at the time of Kabbalah Satorah, that's what a person has to do. If they want to, he come again. What's the link between Kabbalah Satorah and Gaius? The answer is it's an identical halakha. When we were Makabal the Torah Hashem, that was a Makabish. It was from that moment that we received our Kedusha Yisrael. And if we said Nasev and Ishma, you have to have Kabbalah Samitzvahs. And if we have Rismila, a vital portion that you have of Gerus. If we offer Karbanos, as much as Karbanos are necessary for Gerus as well. Tzvila was then done, the Gemara tells us, Nivamos, Tzvila also. A prerequisite that you have part of the formula of Gerus itself. That's the halacha. That was the Gerus that you have of Knesset Yisrael because the Torah Hashem was considered to be the source that you have of our condition. 
This is what we're supposed to celebrate during the time that you have of Shmuz. Not merely a time of Asher Kedushon Mitzvah Tzivonu in the sense of obligation Mitzvah, but rather Asher Kedushon Kadshenu Mitzvah Sefa. That's the source of our Kedushas Yisrael. That's the link with Mikdash and Beis Hamikdash, with Mishkan, Tashmishet Kedushah, with the sense that we have of a Kedushas Yisrael. An extended sense that we have of essential kedusha is always linked to that element that you have of the Torah session. This is what we have when it comes to Shemitz. No other Maitzah Mitzvah. Nothing else is done. No other Mitzvah in fact that we have, like on Sukkot or like on Pesach, but rather the entire celebration that we have of kedusha Sayon is supposed to mark this time. The Marikin tells us in Sukkot of Samaches that there's a special Mitzvah of having a Suda during Shavuos. Every yacht that we have a Suda's yacht. But when it comes to the Suda that we have on Shavuos, it's a dual kingdom. On the one hand, Shavuos is a yacht like every other yacht, and we're obligated to go ahead and have a Suda's yacht. But there's another element that you have to the Chiv Suda on Shavuos, and that is what the Gemara tells us that Yom Shemitna Valtarli is from. Very fascinating Gemara. It tells us that Ramili Ezra, he would spend every yantin immersing himself in the Torah session. He would hardly have a Siddhas yantin at all other times. He would sit and he would go ahead and immerse himself, teaching Torah to Stamina. The Gemara describes in Beitza that the Blas used to give his shear all day on yantin, and gradually the Talmudim used to go ahead and slip out the door, and how angry he became with the Talmudim telling him the true way to celebrate yantin is not through a and shear, eating and drinking, but rather through limon hatam. The Gemara tells us an exception. But Amr Abulazim, When it comes to Shavuos, Rabbi Eliezer, who every Yantif would just sit and learn, would stop his learning on Shavuos, and he would have a special Sudha. Why? The Gemara says, after all, Shavuos is Man Matan Torah The time after all, Kodesh Torah gave us the time. Very difficult at first glance. Man Matan Torah is the reason to stop learning. The reason to go in to have a Suda, if anything, no, the Pminakim that we have of intensified learning during the time of Shumas. And the answer is exactly this link to Kabbalah Satan. The very end of Parshas Mishpatim. The Torah tells us what was the response of B'nai Yisrael to Kabbalah Satan? B'nai Yisrael were Makabal the Torah. They perceived the sense of Ashras Ashina. They ate and they drank. What was the purpose that eating and drinking the Ramban, both the Medrash and Shira Shirin? In the very name of Rabbi Lozar, our Rabbi Lozar, when a person goes in and celebrates Kabbalah Satora, that requires not just simply gratitude and Limon it requires a physical celebration. That's one of the very few sources that you have for a Sutta Sodara. The Nehistral gave thanks by eating and drinking, and the Ramban writes that this was a great mitzvah. That's exactly what the Gemara tells us of Rabbi Eliezer. That every Yantif used to sit and learn with the exception of Shavuos, it was necessary to celebrate the time that you have of Kabbalah Satan. This is one of the basis of the Minah. When we have a Siyam on a Masechta, we go and we try to celebrate physically as well, having a Siyam, having a Mishnah, based on what the Gemara tells us that we can show some Mishnah, the Gomer Shatan. The symbol of the experience that is reflected during the time of Siddha it's not just simply a Siddha Siyatim, but it's a Siddha that we have to mark the fact of Kabbalah Satan. There's a fascinating comment that the Shulchos writes. 
you know that there's a difference between Hanukkah and Purim. And Hanukkah, technically speaking, there's no Chiyav Suda. When it comes to Purim, one of the mitzvahs say, oh, it's Tavis Suda's Purim. What's the difference between Purim versus Hanukkah? Many explanations are offered, but the Shilfus writes, the Gemara Shabbos and the What element does Purim have that is natural of Hanukkah? Kabbalah Sakhah. Gimel with Gimla Ayyudim Aleyam Yalzarim. Purim was a time of Kabbalah Sakhah. And here, the Machai wrote a thousand years ago, the purpose of the Sudas Purim was to be conscious and wish to the Gomer Shabbat. The Neistral celebrated in Arsinai. We celebrate on Shavuos. And that's exactly what Rabbi Chaim writes, the reason that you have for Sudas Purim. Whenever a person marks the significant accomplishment that you have in the Torah Hashem, one is obligated to literally celebrate the fact that you have such a symbol. There is a very interesting comment that the Kriyakar has in this coming Shabbos of Marshall. Shavuos is not Torah It's such a glaring omission. If you look throughout our Torah, you never find that way. That Shavuos is referred to as Manmatan Torah Of all the terms that we have, the fine essence of Shavuos, nowhere is it mentioned that Shavuos is the time of Kabbalah Sattah. We know it to be true, we say it in Dabin, we say it in Kiddush. But why is it Kliyakarite that there is no overt mention in the Torah itself as Manmatan Torah Sattah? Kliyakarite, you know, the same thing is true when it comes to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, a time of Tshuva. Where does it tell us in Chumash that this is a Yom Hadin, that this is a time that you have a Tshuva? Why is it that the Torah omits any reference that you have in both these contexts to what seems to be the very essence of the Kedusha Sayyidina? So Yomka writes the following. If the Torah would go ahead and tell us Rosh Hashanah, that's the time to do Tshuva. the Torah would tell us Shuvah, that's the time of Zman Matan Torah Sayyidina. A person could walk away with the feeling that, you know, the midst of Tshuva, or the significance of Torah is limited to a certain prescribed framework in calendar day. Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Kabbalah Satorah, Chaz Hashkons. The upper rights in Parshasemah. The reason the Torah makes so mention is because midst of Tshuva, that's an ongoing obligation we face each and every day. The theme of Kabbalah Satorah once a year, Hashanokim et Sabbayom, that the whole yom yom a person is obligated to see himself as though this is a renewed act of Kabbalah Satara itself. You may never kifadoshim. That's what the Kliyakar writes. The Torah did not want to write explicitly that this is a day of Kabbalah Satara because each and every day a person is obligated to experience anew that sense in the have of Kabbalah Satara. You know, almost every bracha we recite is only a bracha the Rabbanah with few exceptions. One bracha, of course, which is the bracha the Raisa, Birkasa Mazma, the Achalta the Savata, Uberakhtalas Hashem Lokem. Another possible exception, the Mabrakha Snap Kabbalah, Birkasa That's the Yud Ramban. Reciting a daily bracha on Torah, that is a mitzvah midaraisa. What is the source? Hishem Hashem Ekrav, Avogoda Lokem. When we call out the Shem Hashem, Torah referred to as Shem Hashem. What's the nature of this bracha? Is the bracha the mitzvah liman haTorah? Ramban writes them. This is the birkas haMitzvah. We never find the birkas haMitzvah in haTorah. The concept of the birkas haMitzvah is a dinder Rabbanah. What is the purpose that you have a birkas haTorah? Rabban explicitly on this. The purpose is the birkas hoda, thanking haTorah for kabbalas haTorah. Just as birkas haMazon is a birkas hoda, 
The same thing is true when it comes to Birchas HaTorizma. And that's why the Makabe writes that men and women alike are obligated. In Birchas HaTorizma, it's not a Birchas HaMitzvah, the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah, but rather a Birchas Shema Kaldah for the experience that you have of Mama Hasina. Every day, a Mitzvah Torah to acknowledge the fact that yes, HaKadosh Baruch you gave us the Torah session. And Shluas, that's what we celebrate physically. We have again the council Shemishta the Gomer Shotorah, a Komod of Aseris to be another of them. But each and every day a mitzvah to acknowledge the sense of thanksgiving and the realization that no doubt the Torah causes certain clear obligations and comments upon each of us. But the Torah Sashem is the source that we have of our Kedusha Sisana. Torah has the ability not only to give us an opportunity for a great star, the Torah infuses a great sense that we have of Kedusha Islam. It's able to Makadesh Mikdash Besa Mikdash, it's filled in sickness. This is the case that we have when it comes to a Kedusha Sisana. As with Hashem, as we continue with counting the days of Syria, and as, of course, we're mindful of fact of the culmination that we have of the true symptom that we experience as Chazal Tremat as being specifically the Antetrashvores, we should always be mindful of this important lesson. These are days that we have with intense preparation to see to it that we undergo that sense of transition. Chavos of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim becomes meaningful when it culminates in the sense of Kabbalah Satan. Bezvis, the coming shores, should be a time that we have of fully being able to experience that sense of a true Kabbalah Satan. A Kabbalah Satan that we experience of obligation mitzvahs, but a Kabbalah Satan that can echo the most profound thanksgiving as we, Knesset Yisrael, uniquely are the privileged bearers of the Torah session.